Did you know that every word you speak matters? Are your conversations making a difference? With a passion for words and a heart for conversation, Teresa Velarde is a self-professed word nerd, best-selling author, BizCat 360 columnist, and publisher. Children's books as well as fiction and nonfiction books are welcomed at Weeby Books Publishing and Book Endeavors, the imprints of her company, Authentic Endeavors Publishing. Whether written or spoken, Teresa strives to encourage and inspire meaningful conversations that make a difference. Here's the host of Conversations That Make a Difference, Teresa Velarde. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations That Make a Difference. I'm excited to have three incredible people with me today. Uh, Brenda Warren, Alicia Lyons, and Vincent Lanzi are joining me. Um, and we are going to have a conversation about the power of the written word. <clears throat> Many of you know that I am a book publisher and as well as a show host. And I am excited to bring you this conversation because there is indeed power in the written, written word. There's power in the spoken word, too. And we're going to talk about all of that as we get started. First, a little bit about um, the show is on live at the first and third um, Tuesday of the month at 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen to the replays on Tuesdays at 5 and 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern time. And you can call into the live shows, by the way. And if you've seen my YouTube channel, uh, I'm sorry, my um, Facebook post, you can see how you can get into the YouTube channel to do that. We are um, available on in your car, on YouTube, and you can ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. So many of you know that when I start my show, I usually start with a prayer. So let's do that. We're going to say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I also want to say that it is by God's grace that we are fabulous, blessed, and highly favored, living in our greatness, using our gifts and talents, making a difference in the lives of others with passion and purpose, and all of God's great universe is conspiring in our favor. And together we say, amen. 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 All right. Let me introduce our peeps for the hour. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Vincent Lanzi. <clears throat> Vincent A. Lanzi, um, after graduating with degrees, a Bachelor of Science in Finance and a Master of Business Administration, he became a published author, was not always the plan. It wasn't his plan. After surviving a near-death hit-and-run accident while on foot, he had two choices, sit and sulk or make a difference. He's my kind of person, making a difference. All right. <clears throat> Vincent is an international multi-best-selling author, speaker, and top 1% podcaster. Vincent's passions are to speak with students using books, exercise, and watching his favorite sports teams. He enjoys his role as a big brother and um, in the Big Brothers and Big Sisters program on Tampa, in Tampa and Tampa General Hospital Patient and Family Advis Ad Advisory Board. You're a busy man, Vincent. Yeah, things I'm really grateful. Everything's going well with the book coaching and the podcast coaching. And thanks for having me on tonight. And I'm glad to have you here. Always. You're always welcome. Alicia Lyons is a mom, entrepreneur, life coach, and author. She is passionate about helping women live their lives with more joy from the inside out. 
As a certified master neurotransformational life coach, Alicia guides her clients to emotional freedom. Her blog and mom support, uh, excuse me, her blog, The Mom Support Coach, focuses on lessons she learns in daily life. And you can uh, see, uh, reach her at info at alicialyons.com and her website is alicialyons.com. And you also have another one too, right? Raisingenlightenedchildren.com. Yes, indeed. All right. Welcome, Alicia. Always good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And we have Brenda Warren, the solutionist. <laughs> She's a retired Marine with over three decades of experience in leadership, self-care, spiritual growth, and cultivating healthy relationships. Three-time best-selling author, Pattern for Living, and life and self-publishing coach. Brenda has helped countless individuals transform their life using her innovative tap-in, T-A-P-I-N, transformation, announce, prepare, imagine, and nurture. Her method is trademarked. And you can learn more about Brenda on her link tree at Brenda the Solutionist, S-O-U-L-Lutionist. Mm -hmm. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Now... First thing that I want to say is everybody knows I'm a word nerd and I have to look up meanings of words and, and put them in perspective for everybody. So we're going to talk about the power of the written word today. So I went and I said, okay, so what exactly does power mean? And so after reading many definitions, I pulled this from there. The ability to act or produce effect, uh, produce or affect um, an influence over others. So that's power. And a word is a speech sound or a series of speech sounds that symbolizes and communicates a meaning. So, you know, I learned a long time ago that every single word that we speak, every single word that we write has power. And so we can actually speak our life into existence. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? So what you say, a lot of times you can often write down the difference between speaking and writing, unless it's being recorded as you speak, your, your, your spoken word is into the air. Your written word is on a page and it leaves a legacy for those that are following you or for those that are, you have brought into the world in the form of children or um, relationships. You have all kinds of all kinds of ways that your words have power. You know, Vincent, I'm going to go to you first. You wrote the forward for a Daily Gift of Hope. All of these authors were in a Daily Gift of Hope, by the way. Everybody contributed something. One of the reasons that I chose Vincent for the forward is because he has overcome a life and death situation. As you can see, if you read his T-shirt, left for dead, he mm -hmm. was left for dead. And so um, he has an extremely powerful story. But uh, did you ever think, Vincent, that you were going to be an author before before this accident happened? It wasn't something I was into. I, I don't think I would have done it. I was hyper-focused on money with my finance degree and then my MBA. Things mm -hmm. just took a little bit of a turn. Mm -hmm. I would say 
I would say. I'm going to read you a little bit of his forward because this is really powerful for people to see. And this is why I love the fact that writing things down can cause people to, number one, think about their own life and where they are. And number two, may take them in a different direction than they actually thought they might be. So in a tragic event, Vincent says, I learned that life combines challenging and simple moments, sunny and dark days. Despite overwhelming hopelessness, I found a microscopic ray of hope through hardship. While walking, I was hit by a car, leaving a bar, and was left for dead in the middle of the road during the mm. middle of the night. At this point in my life, hopeless was an understatement to describe the feeling. He suffered traumatic drain, a traumatic brain injury and among broken, rib, broken bones and everything else. So he said I could neither sit, I could either sit or sulk crying, why me, or turn the worst day of my family's life into something positive and give me hope through my story. Talk to me about how this came about. How did you have the courage to talk about what you, um, what you went through? And talk a little bit more about what you went through. Tell a little bit more of your story. You had to relearn a whole bunch of skills, right? Yeah, when I woke up out of a coma, I thought I was in kindergarten when they asked me what school I went to at the hospital. So starting the day with an arm bicycle after getting dressed by a stranger, slowly learning how to speak again and your name and spelling and counting to 10. Slowly you get momentum building up after small win or small win here and you start to cherish those small wins. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, um, they said I would be out of school for a while if I even go back, have an aid 24-7. Ended up going back to school in four months because I was only a few classes shy. I was very... Um, not angry, just I wasn't going to let someone else's bad decision ruin the rest of my life after just two classes left as a finance degree. It wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't always the smartest, but I always did work very hard. I always knew I wanted more. So I went back, finished those classes, started studying for the GMAT, was getting really bad <laughs> grades again and again. And I would just not understand why, because I'm putting so many hours in studying. I was still in denial with the brain injury that my short-term memory and my memory would be impacted so heavily get waitlisted, get off the waitlist, get in. And then from there, everything just changed. I started sharing my story to go back to that with other traumatic brain injury survivors, was selected to speak for my MBA commencement. And then that was like 8,500 people or maybe more. And I said, all right, I saw the feedback I got from that, realized my story was bigger than me. Before that, it was just sharing my story and seeing what happens from it. Then it was okay, it affected this many people positively. Let's do it again and again and again. So I wanted to extend that through entrepreneurship, started writing, hosting podcasts, um, all centered around helping people through my experiences in different ways, whether it's writing, entrepreneurship, or mental health. Awesome. And you are certainly making a difference in the lives of other people. You you work with the Boys and Girls Club and you do all kinds of things for for students. You read for students. You've written children's books. You've you You are just... You're the um, you're a shining example of what it means to write the you know have power in the written word. Your story itself, it, when you tell your story, it's like how could anybody come through this? I know people in I know people in my world who, if they had gone through something that you went through, and and I'm sure everybody else knows somebody as well, they might just well have just turned over and said enough. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting at the time. I was a senior, so this was 2013. 
Instagram's just getting popular. Plus you're in your senior year. So I'm up in New York with snow up to the back window. When I just mm -hmm. left Tampa and it was 80 degrees, I went to New York, it was 20 degrees. So that mind's alteration, I told myself I was going to get back, you know, as soon as I can, relentlessly walking around the house, holding the wall, trying to learn to walk again. Mm -hmm. I, my speech was the first thing cleared. I read the newspaper with the speech uh, therapist in New York, and that was the first to check. But everything else was much longer. And then just because my face was purple at one point, just because the scars healed from landing on my face, it was an invisible disease, I would say, the traumatic brain injury where I looked okay, so everybody thought I was okay, mm -hmm. including myself. But I had I couldn't sit through a full period of class. I had to walk. Um, since it's titanium in Florida, it rains a lot. So I would feel the rain coming before it would rain. So my teachers would know I need to take a walk and just loosen up. But even fast forwarding with grad school, three C's and you're out, no matter what your situation is. So that was a whole experience with the TED Talk and everything I was doing. It's all built around... I had to relearn to rewire my brain, relearn to study. I was a guy who could read a piece of paper and get a B on it, do the test right then and there, to someone who had to read, write, type, read, write, type over and over and over again, learn kinesthetically, learn auditory, learn every single way to retain just a tenth of the information. Mm -hmm. So using the story, trying to help other people realize that whatever hardship they're in, it may suck and it may suck for a long time, but you, you will get out of it. You just have to stick to the script, do what you're supposed to do and not take shortcuts around it. Because once you get to a little bit of recovery, uh, the next door just unlocks. Yeah. And that's really interesting. Um, you know, and it's sometimes we don't make the right decisions. Sometimes we decide that we're going to do things a different way. I just heard somebody say this quote today. Um, you know, you made the right, you made, Sam sounds to me like your recovery from, from this horrible event. Um, you made a bunch of right decisions. You may have taken a left turn from where you were going when you start before that happened, but you right. made a bunch of right decisions. And this person said, I won't always make the right decisions, but I am going to stand for what I stand for. So that's you, you stand for the, anyone who has had a traumatic brain injury, you stand for people who have a story to tell and you consistently through your podcast and everything that you write um, are using that superpower in your written word, as well as your spoken words. So you're a shining example of what it means to uh, be, let's say the comeback kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you giving me the chance to come on the show, share the night with all these other great co-authors. Everybody's got a really powerful story to share. So definitely go pick up this book on Amazon. You won't regret it. Yeah, right here. Daily Gift of Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you are hope. You're hope embodied. So stick around. We're going to talk to the other ladies, too. So um, Brenda. Mm -hmm. Brenda, Brenda. I am grabbing you the water, though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take your time. Um, Brenda, you, um, are a military woman. Yes. Uh, how? Talk to me a little bit about, um, uh, your situation. First of all, um, you said in, in this book, you said for eight long years, I found myself stuck on a couch consumed by the fears and insecurities due to post-traumatic stress disorder. And each day you felt like an uphill battle against darkness and hope seemed to be a distant dream. Little did you know that that's sometimes it takes a glimmer of hope to ignite a fire within. Talk to me about how this circumstance, what you went through, 
Um, uh, first of all, talk to us a little bit about your military background. What did you do in the military? I uh, was a Marine gunnery sergeant when I retired. So I made it to uh, to E7 and um, I did 20 years. I traveled all over. I, I moved almost every two years. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in Somalia where I got gassed and injured and had uh, my injuries that caused the PTSD and amongst other things that happened to me throughout my career, in mm -hmm. addition to the military sexual trauma. And um, I could really relate to what Vincent was saying, because imagine at least Vincent knew why his brain was the way it was. I wasn't even diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury until 2011. Mm -hmm. um, oh. So I had the injury, but didn't know why I could not recognize my own child, did not know why my short term was bad. They even diagnosed me with dementia, only to discover that wasn't my problem. It was really the traumatic brain injury I in, incurred in the military the first time I went through a windshield of a military van. And then the next injury happened when I was in uh, Somalia. So I had several injuries. Um, and it wasn't until a extensive review of my military records um, that they go, oh, that's not your problem. You have a traumatic, and they did some MRIs and stuff. And so then everything kind of, the pieces went together. My mm. speech is still slurred on occasion. If I get really tired, I can't connect the words. Um, I can't remember things. There are gaps. Mm -hmm. So, and mine were happening for years. And part of that eight years was the, I call it the unraveling of me where I didn't know why I was the way I was. And I was even told it was in my head. Wow. And so I sat in the shame and the guilt of not being able to manage my day to day. I was on 22 different medications. And then I found myself, trigger warning, found myself on, on a mission to delete myself. And luckily, there was someone on the other end of a crisis hotline that talked me out of it. And uh, that's when my life began to turn around. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and like I like I said to Vincent, some somebody else might have taken that route, but something interfered with that thought pattern and made you make a different decision. And you say here, a random email would be my spark. It spoke to me, revealing how hope can be a guiding force, a beacon of light in the darkest times. With hope as my guiding star, I confronted my inner demons, seeking therapy, surrounding myself with positive influences and practicing self-care became my daily rituals. It wasn't easy but it was a very small step forward. I grew closer to becoming the person I aspired to be. Your story sounds so much like Vincent's story. And mm -hmm. now the written where you have written several books and you yes. help other people just as I do to get right. their books out there and to write their books. What is the difference between, for, for both of you, this is a question for both of you, and I'll ask Alicia the same thing too, because um, she speaks to groups of people as well. Um, what is the difference for you between speaking your words and writing your words out? What do you find mm. is the difference, Brenda? My big difference is the blank page holds no judgment. I tell people that all the time, is, which is why I encourage people to write, which is why I uh, uh, have my own publishing company, Talk To Me Publishing. And I did that because I wanted people to have a safe place to be open, honest, and be able to express themselves because the blank page saved my life. 
You can speak your words and people hear them, but sometimes you're met with judgment or misunderstanding. And if you don't know my backstory, you talk to me and I start to slur my words, people even think I'm drunk. But the key is I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. But mm -hmm. my brain operates differently. So I always feel like I have to explain. But when I'm writing on that page, the blank page holds no judgment. I am free. I and like that. I yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. You know, I I think, I believe writing saved my life as well because I went through some traumatic things. I was in a very um, abusive situation at one point in my life. And it was my safe place. It was where I could just say what was ever on my mind, would feel what was ever in my heart, transfer it to the page, which of course, as you just said very well, has no judgment. I love that. Um, and then... I could get it out of my physical being through writing it with my hand. I find that writing with writing pen to paper is a lot more healing than actually typing it out for some reason. There's a, a something that happens between your brain and your heart that comes out in your hand in order to be able to make that, um, make that a uh, cathartic and healing um, practice. Would you agree? I love it. And it also takes, it takes me away. It just, it, it's like an escape sometimes. It's like a TV show, if you will, where like you go and watch the TV show and you're just gone for 30 minutes. Except writing is usually a bit longer than 30 minutes. Yeah. So I mentioned too, for me, books have been a part of my house, part of my house, part of my life since I was a child. I would get lost in the library for punishment. My mother would take my books. I didn't need spankings. Take my book and my world ended because I could escape into the book. I grew up in a bad situation. So books were my way of escape. And I always thought I would be a writer, but I had actually always feared write. I always wrote. I've journaled since I was a child, but I was afraid to let people know what I thought for fear of judgment. Mm. It wasn't until I had hit my rock bottom. And let me tell you, rock bottom has a basement. <laughs> when I hit that basement of rock bottom, it didn't matter what other people thought. I knew I had to release the words I put on the page out into the world. Yeah. And I'm sure it's making a difference for other people. We're going to come back in just a minute. And then we're going to talk to Alicia Lyons. We're talking about the power of the written word. We'll be right back. What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come live your dreams out loud with Cat. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times bestselling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. 
Did you know that every word you speak matters? What you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? Faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations That Make a Difference is now on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Omega Institute, offering workshops, retreats, and online learning dedicated to awakening the best in the human spirit. For over 40 years, Omega has seen more than a million people come through its doors to grow, learn, and find a greater sense of purpose. With over 350 workshops to choose from, Omega offers something for everyone. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment and quiet pace allow for extraordinary experiences to unfold. Learn more at eomega.org or call 877-944-2002. Again, 877-944-2002. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we're back with conversations that make a difference. Um, my my next guest, Alicia Lyons. Alicia, um, she is. You are a writer, Alicia. You um, you write. Uh, blogs you write for um, inspiration for better living magazine um, and you write in compilation books like a daily gift of hope and and a daily gift of um of peace yeah peace is coming down the line guys we hope we pray peace is coming mm-hmm. down the line in general um daily gift of kindness is the next one in the series of the daily gift book series but alicia your story is about a surrogate's mm-hmm. journey you are one of those people who are is um, in my world, in my mind, you are blessed with the ability to create little miracles through making a decision. So let's we'll talk about that in just a minute. <clears throat> you said at 16 you decided that you never wanted to have children, but you always knew you wanted to have ex- an experience with pregnancy. She offered to have a baby for someone long before she actually knew that she it was possible. Ten years later, falling in love and a biological clock change, my mind, Alicia writes, about having a baby of my own. And once and once changed my mind's changed, I wanted to have that baby yesterday. <laughs> and so you can't really you can't relate to this as a woman, but just listen in because one day you're gonna be saying, I want to become a father. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it. Um, you say, I could not describe a purer form of torture for an impatient person. So talk to me about this and talk to me about how um, how writing has helped you through um, your life's process because you have a purpose as well. And now you're bringing that purpose into the lives of people um, who are parents of children. So talk to me about your surrogate journey, first of all, and then let's talk about um, the 
the parental side of it. So um, I actually was lucky in my surrogacy journey because uh, it was like I had met a, a surrogate when I was 28, 20, 28, and uh, we'll say 26, actually, because my and I, I went home and I like I picked her brain. I was I was her massage therapist and I did not let that woman rest. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be massaging your back and you're going to answer me some questions because it's like I needed to know everything that there was to know about surrogacy. Um, and I was so excited. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And I went home and I told my husband, I was like, I want to be a surrogate. And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. Um, so you know, went about becoming a mom. And, and when, um, my son's dad and I split up, uh, I, we separated in April and I contacted the agency in, in June. I was, uh, matched in July, started meds in August and I was pregnant by September. It was like, boom, we weren't even, we weren't a fit legally divorced at that point. Like I was, it didn't matter. I was like, I, ran I figured out that there where there was an agency I found the agency and I was like full speed ahead and um and I've and I've done it you know four times uh in total that resulted in in babies uh five five babies total and it's it's like there's nothing to me that could compares to it like I, there's, there's just, there's no words <laughs> that compares. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, uh, there's a couple of different um, perspectives. I'm sure there's many different perspectives on this particular process. Um, you know, is it difficult when it comes time now you're delivered the baby and the baby is not yours, but you have, in a way, physically, emotionally bonded with this child. And now you have to turn it over to its rightful parents, the baby's parents. And what does that do for you or to you as the surrogate? From my perspective, it's, it's like, I'm the oven. It's somebody else's cookie dough. Like it's not like, I mean, how would you feel, Teresa, if I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to bake you these cookies, Teresa. And, um, and then once they came out of the oven, I'd be like, nope, I'm going to eat them all myself. Like, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, that's just a great analogy. You're the oven and somebody else's cookie dough is in the yeah, oven. Oh, that's so true. funny. I never thought of it that way, but that's, that's so cool. But you have to be a really strong person to um, to do that. You have to be a really strong. And I believe that, you know, it's my belief that God creates us with our purpose um, and that along the way, it may take us a while to find it or may we may think we're purposed for one thing and then we are purposed for another. Vincent, you are proof positive of that. Brenda, you're also proof positive of that. And Alicia, you know, so your purpose this was part of your purpose. And so now you can take, you use, you use your, um, your experiences through your writing to help other people, um, along the way to their, their families. Correct. I do. And I, you know, I, I think that, um, like I want to answer your, the question that you, that you asked to Brenda about the, 
the words on the paper, what's the difference between speaking and, and writing. And, and uh, you so beautifully said, Brenda, that there's no judgment um, on the paper. And what I also like about the paper is there's, there's no interruptions. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're having a conversation and when you're one of six children, <laughs> you might not have a voice. <laughs> you might not get to get a word in edgewise, which was, you know, I was, I was the baby and then I was the middle for, um, after being the baby for eight years. And so I didn't, and there's a lot of strong personalities in my, in my family. So I didn't always get the opportunity to get the word in edgewise. But, um, since I couldn't speak and have my opinion heard and, and, um, and I saw my dad's love for books and love for reading. And I was like, well, I'm going to connect with my dad by writing some stuff. And he never, it's not going to be something that he's going to be interested in reading, but I'm going to write some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote fiction for, for many, many years. And then um, it, uh, it switched over to nonfiction as, as my um, career changed, but that was, it was another thing. It was like, as I became a, a coach, like I had things to say, but I didn't trust my voice yet. Mm. And so I had to, I, I wrote it out and then I started my own, my podcast and started using my voice and I started interviewing other people and realizing, you know, through these conversations that, that I, I do have something valuable to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, of course I love writing and I'll never stop writing, but, you know, speaking is also a passion. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and speaking, um, and writing, they are both powerful. They're really, they're really powerful. I mean, there's things that people have said to me that have, have stuck with me for my entire life. And, you know, like this quote that this, this person said, and I don't even know who it was. I won't always make the right decision, but I'm going to stand for what I stand for. You know, mm-hmm. your your ex-husband didn't think you were making the right decision, but you stood for what you stand for, you know, and you have made a difference in the lives of other people that they might not have been able to ever experience had it not been for you, you know, um, and the writing, the writing part, I'm stuck on writing for the rest of my life. I am. <laughs> How many of you have the same opinion? <laughs> Raise your yes. hand. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it's very it's very cathartic. It's very healing. It's also you said you wrote fiction, Alicia. It's also a place where you can use your imagination and mm-hmm. and create stories or create a different ending to a story that may be part of who you are. Yes. Absolutely. I didn't realize that um, I, it it was in self-reflection and like looking back wisdom that I was like, oh, these characters, um, like I had one character that I I named Alicia and she was the supporting role in this book, but she was everything that I was afraid to be. Mm. Oh, I like when I write like that. And I also remember with somebody with a short-term memory issue, the, it's nice to go back and read my story so that I can remember what I did, especially when I'm writing different things, because sometimes I don't remember everything, but I have a record of it because I journaled about it or I wrote about it in a book. And I love rereading my book because I learned something new about it. I was like, I wrote that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kid. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, I don't remember I wrote that. And then I read it and think that's really cool. So it's it's just a really bizarre thing for me. 
Yeah. Do you find that too, Vincent? Is that something that you, if you go back and read what you wrote and say, wow, I don't remember writing that, or that's pretty powerful. Do you have that experience? I don't go back much and, and read the, the other work right now. I've been doing more writing for other people. That's what the last like three months have been. So it's been less reflection on my end and just honing in on the, my craft, getting practice writing and getting diversity with the subject. Like right now, one book is on anti-aging. One book is with a CIO in a company. Um, another one I, uh, is a psychiatrist. So I'm gaining all of this like diverse experience, just coaching people and writing these books. Um, but then when I go back and read it, I'm sure I'll, I'll cringe just like my early podcast episodes, where as you grow, mm -hmm. the early stages are uh, yeah. unflattering, but it's a reminder I use in my shows where you have to start somewhere. You can't just yeah. expect to start and be great at everything. And like everything else, it takes time. But uh, I don't know. The mental health, as you know, Teresa, I have a mental health series I have from toddlers to adults. So there, as I inject more books in that, I'll probably reread everything just to see what I said, what I didn't say to not be repetitive and just improve on the whole series. But uh, mm -hmm. that's going to be soon to be continued. It's not going to be yet. To be continued. And, you know, the interesting thing is we all right? we all have podcasts. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So, Brenda, want to talk about your podcast a little bit? I love my podcast. It's called Talk To Me. Everything, all of my stuff is based on Talk To Me because in the beginning, I was afraid to write. So I just talked to everybody because I knew I could do that. Um, and even that was something because I would be on my podcast in mid-sentence and totally blank. It's like, what was I talking about? And mm -hmm. that's cringeworthy for me. Because when I go back in my very beginning podcast, when I would totally lose my train of thought, I'd be so embarrassed. But that was the thing that made people want to watch me because they were like fascinated that I would totally forget. So I just started having note cards and, and not being caught up in being perfect. And when I started just being my authentic self, people resonated with it. And so talk to me is a conversation that I have with friends or others, or I interview um, entrepreneurs that are making a difference, you know, someone that's making an impact yeah. and I love it. And I actually get a kick out of my cringeworthy stuff because it validates how far I've come. There yeah, you go. I, it. I used to do these talks. I'm a career student. I have these sophisticated talking points and I would mm -hmm. sound like a robot and then recovering perfectionist, like many entrepreneurs where I'm chopping up episodes, you hear mm -hmm. the dog bark, whatever. Now, I just roll, lean into it. Oh, the dog's barking again or the lawnmowers again. Being at an apartment complex is most of my early podcasting days. I had the headset because there was always so much noise. I'm like, all right, at least I can control the audio, which is true when you look at the mics and everything. The only way to really control the audio is the headset. Yeah. So there's pros and cons. But um, I didn't want to wear it tonight because uh, for aesthetics, it's not the prettiest. <laughs> you know what I love to when you said about the control I often say in the beginning of my show to my guests, my show is alien, pet, kid, dog, uh, disaster friendly, whatever happens, <laughs> we add it into the show. So like there when you yeah. a child walked in there, we'd add him to the show. We'd introduce them, everything, because it's live. And I like the lives because I don't have to edit. That saves less stress for me and my brain. So yeah. I don't like to record that often. And even when I record, I don't even bother editing anymore. I just put it out there. It's like there people love it. It's real. Having that podcast is, you know, having a live podcast is absolutely real. And that's, I, I love that part about this, um, this podcast too. Alicia, what's yours? What's your podcast? And um, how, 
what do you bring to the world in your in your conversations there? And how you can maybe answer this question along the way too. How do you feel in terms of you know having interviews with people versus um, uh, maybe writing a synopsis of what you might have spoken about? How does that fit in? So, so my podcast is all, is called Imperfect Momming: Better Parenting Through Self Healing uh, because I realized that as I became a better person, I became a better parent, um, and I like to make up words, so that's why the title is Momming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know the the I started off with um, with interviews because again, I, I was, I was like, I don't know what to say. And so I just had a bunch of people come in and and I was interviewing and I had every intention of doing solo episodes. Um, but it was putting a lot of stress on myself as I was coming up, trying to come up with content. Um, and then I just kind of got into the groove of just doing interviews. And I was like, no, I need to do so. Like now that I know I have some content, I need to start doing content. And it was really uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wrote it out. Sometimes I would just, you know, what do they call it? Free, free something. Lie by the seat of your pants. Lie by the seat of my pants. <laughs> there's, a, there's a free word in there somewhere, but, um, uh, and you know, now, like for the, for the, now I have, um, a partner that I do a lot of, um, episodes with. And so, um, it's just whatever, like, I like talking about what comes up, um, what just comes up in the moment. And, um, I was never, never a scripted person. Um, because I like, if I try to plan it out, then I end up reading it and then it sounds robotic and it's Mm -hmm. like, Mm-hmm. If I can remind myself that people are watching and that I am talking to a person and I'm not talking to myself, then it feels a lot less awkward. <laughs> yeah. But, and it's, it's fun to have other people in the conversation with you. Like this, this is my, I love this. This is my world, you know? So um, the one thing that I, um, I have learned along the way through podcasting and I started initially way back with uh, um before Zoom was even available, before any kind of, you know, StreamYard or any of those were available, it was just a conversation on the phone with other people, you know, present your information, have a conversation about it, story done, you know, then what is it to take it to to a written form so that other people can maybe take the points of the conversations out? And that's that's what some of us do. I'm, I haven't done it in a while, but it's something that I'm committed to doing in the future because I believe that you know, not everybody has time to listen to the entire and uh, the entire show and hear the the voices of all the people that come on to the show with me. This is an important conversation that people want to know about. So, you know, having taking the talking points out of it and then putting them in written form for other people to be able to um, glean something from it is really a powerful thing as well. So we have to break for our second break. We're already two thirds of the way through. We've got one more segment to come when we come back. We'll be right back. Conversations that make a difference. Mm 
In order to be healthy and happy, there are 24 areas of your life to balance. With the All Things Wellness Wheel, you become self-empowered, allowing you to make healthier decisions about relationships, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and even your value system. The All Things Wellness book series, written by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Vetstein, teaches you how to balance your wellness wheel in addition to sharing true stories from multiple contributing authors. Book one, The Fourfold Formula, and book two, Win the Wellness War, We Are Responsible, are now available on Amazon. Reserve your spot now to become a published author in book three, Wellness GPS, Get Prepared for Success. Visit www.allthingswellness.com slash authors for more information. Why are we here? How can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers. Crappy to happy. Sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and booksellers worldwide. Do you have a personal story of hope or kindness to share? The Daily Gift book series, which began with a daily gift of gratitude, now available on Amazon, continues with a daily gift of hope and a daily gift of kindness. And we're looking for people just like you to share a story. Your daily gift of hope story might answer one of these questions. Is there a time when you felt hopeless and someone stepped in to change your view? Have you been an example of hope for someone else? Is hope something that you've always had? If so, how do you keep that hope alive? With hope, we have more energy and a purpose. Just out of bed in the morning. Daily Gift of Kindness might be your chance to talk about recognizing and spreading kindness to change the world. Practicing kindness lifts your spirit and your mood, warms your heart, and helps to navigate your way through today's challenges. Has an act of kindness from a stranger turned your day around? Have you ever paid it forward to someone or for someone? Your story matters, so visit dailygiftbookseries.com to find out more about how to submit your story for a daily gift of hope and a daily gift of kindness. Your stories make a difference. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we're back. Um, so Daily Gift of Hope is already out, in case you haven't figured that out. And these authors are all in A Daily Gift of Hope and A Daily Gift of Gratitude. These can both be found on Amazon.com. And you can go to dailygiftbookseries.com for information on how you can become part of A Daily Gift of Kindness. And we hope that um, you have a story to tell. And Vincent, I'm going to go to something that you have here written. I'm a firm believer that it only takes one, one conversation, one connection or experience can change your life forever. My childhood baseball um, team manager, Tom, <clears throat> would use this quote when we were battling adverse situations in a game. One hit, 
one base runner or one error could change the game. And we never lose, we're, we're never alone on life's journey. And all we all have a story to share, so share yours. It may just give someone the hope they need. What do you have to say for that? Well, it's a message of hope that pushes me in entrepreneurship when there are thousands of no's or rejections or things to go wrong every day, just constantly putting out fires. And it's still, all right, the next podcast I do may lead to something big for both of us. Next time I go to a networking event, I have one conversation that becomes a client who becomes a long-term client. You know, there's always these things where one conversation can open up all these endless doors or make you start something you haven't been on yet. Something, a new project as entrepreneurs were always ambitious. And for me, I've been too ambitious in the past with my hands in too much. But right now, one huge client could hear that I'm doing podcast coaching and they they hire me on for something long-term, mm -hmm. some yeah. kind of you know public figure that will market my packages. And then we go from there and then you take off. It really is all overnight successes are, as you know, years and years and years of work in progress. And mm -hmm. I'm still the work in progress waiting to get the, the big, big jump, but a lot of great small wins. And this book being in this book is another one of them. I'm very, Grateful for that. Want to shout out Teresa again. And also the best backdrop in the game. Everybody <laughs> backdrop every time. I can't believe it's fake. Um, <laughs> thanks again for bringing me on tonight and bringing me in the book. Um, oh, you're so great. You're so welcome. Welcome. And and there'll be many more. Your story is one of great hope and great inspiration for people who um, have experienced um, injuries the way you have, for people who are entrepreneurs, um, and who for people who just want to have, have a place to talk about what's going on in their world and through their podcasts. So right. thank you. Thank you again for being part of the book, for being here, and for the time that we spend together when I'm on your podcast. It's really a great thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking at that actually actually, because I had to look at the set list. Um, you are a little over a month, February 27th, locked in. Yay. So we just did a podcast. So um, I'm excited about that coming out. So um, Alicia, going to you, the last, the last um, paragraph in your story says, for 18 months, my struggle taught me compassion for women who desperately wanted a child and couldn't have one on their own. Being a mother has been the greatest joy of my life and has been my privilege to bring six children into this world, even though only one of those was mine to keep. So um, I just get chills when I think about this because for so many people who um, cannot have children on their own, you are you are indeed creating little miracles for those people. So how do you take this into your parenting workshops that you do now? I mean, I've always had a soft spot for moms. Um, I had a pretty amazing mom myself. Mm -hmm. Um and um, I don't know that I actually that I bring specifically like my surrogacy journeys uh, into my parenting workshops, but um, I I feel like I understand a lot of the struggles that moms have, mm -hmm. um, whether I've gone through them on my own or I can just empathize. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things that that moms do that get taken for granted mm-hmm. um for example giving birth through c-section and then like major which is major surgery mm-hmm. and then they hand you a j- a baby to take care of it's the only surgery where that happens where you're yeah. expected to care for someone less than two hours post post surgery post op right um like i i only had one c-section um in all of my pregnancies and it was the last one and it was like i can't believe that that moms do this like i it it was literally like i fell asleep on the table mm. <laughs> while, they were, while they were taking the baby out because it was like i'm not mom so i could i could be totally detached from that process and i was wheeled into the recovery room and mom took care of the baby and i was like this would not be my experience if these were my biological children. Yeah, exactly. Or if yeah. I, or if I was the caretaker of them afterwards, biological or not, like this would not be my experience. It was, I, that was not lost on me. You wrote a book called good mom rules. I did. Ditch. What is it? Ditch the, um, ditch mom on. guilt and find your happy. It's mom guilt. Okay, mom guilt. How many of us experience this? Vincent, you can speak for your mother. You can speak for your mother. <laughs> you experienced it. The kids don't come with instruction manuals. I wish they did, but I probably wouldn't have read it anyway. So, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think one of the things that we sacrifice more than anything else for our kids is one thing that you talk a lot about, Alicia self care. Hmm. Right? Yeah. first because it's like the 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 thing when you're on the airplane put your own oxygen man mask on first but do we listen to that as mothers most of the time no no or as people in general i i know the focus is on what she does there but i'm sure that vincent can say how many times once you started speaking and doing different things have you sacrificed self-care to meet a deadline or to write something or to present something so I don't think that's just unique to mom guilt. It's people guilt because yeah. as entrepreneurs, we don't often give the self-care we need. And I just, even though I I, I want to say this, because I've been dying to say, Alicia, you are such a blessing to give women that cannot have kids the gift of that. I applaud you. I honor you. You're my shero. I was a woman that did not want kids. I have one. Uh, my miracle baby. Yeah. Um, so I know that flip in your mind, with, I'm never going to have a kid. And then it's like, you know, it, it, so to do that for someone that is struggling, that's a blessing. Blessing, a blessing. And to write about it and to be able yeah. to share the journey. She's got another book that she's working on right now. What's the, what's the, um, the title of it? Creating Little Miracles. Creating mm. Little Miracles. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. And that'll be out um, probably spring of next year of this year well we're in 2024 already yeah we're in 2024 so spring or summer yeah somewhere around there brenda you say my journey toward hope has taught me that even in the darkest time there's always a glimmer of light awaiting waiting to be discovered it is through embracing hope extending kindness and helping others that we can rise above our struggles and lead lives filled with purpose and joy Talk to me about that in terms of writing about it. Well, about writing about it is because 
for me, I am now able to find the gift in everything. And I do mean everything. A, a real quick short story was I had a brother that passed uh, during the pandemic and we didn't know it for six months because he was one that was always out chatting stuff. But I, there was a specific day, my mother's birthday, when I did not hear from him. I knew there was only two things to keep him from not calling me. Uh, and that was that his, you know, his, his, his mouth was broken or that he was dead. And when I did not hear from him by the end of the day, I was like, my brother's gone. And I began to search for him. And lo and behold, I found him in an unmarked grave. Oh um, and everyone says, how do you find the gift in that? The gift in that was number one, it required that we had to change the way our family operated so that we would stay connected because it wasn't that we didn't love each other that we hadn't spoken in six months. It was simply that we had the mistaken belief that he'd always be there because the love was real. And I had spoken to him three days before he passed. So there was a whole bunch there. And the gift was also that number one, we knew where he was. We knew what happened to him. We knew he was not alone. And the gift was that we didn't have to go through all the drama of having to gather everybody in the middle of that situation that we could have a virtual event. So there was a lot of gifts in there. And all and although it happened in 2019, now we have regular family meetings, we do Zooms, we do we stay connected because we never want that to happen again. Right. So yeah. the hope in that is knowing that in the darkness, you can always find something to be grateful and have gratitude for no matter what's going on in my life i can find the hope exactly gratitude and hope and kindness i believe are what the world needs today and each of the three of you um is a perfect example of that i mean you're kind enough to come on my show when i ask you and you're you're a blessing to be able to share your stories of hope and gratitude and as you said brenda where there is light any light at all the darkness is squished out so keep sharing your stories, keep being that bright light um, as you do. And just before we go, we have three minutes left. Vincent, tell people where they can get in touch with you and the names of your podcasts so they can look for you. And the same thing for each one of you, if you wouldn't mind. Well, I'll start by thanking you again for having us on. This was a lot of fun tonight. Not many people I would do the night show for, you know, me, the early birds. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you so much <laughs> for a great night. You can find me online at Vincent Day Lancey on all social media. Be sure to throw a subscribe to YouTube because now I've got the Writing with Authors series on there and they have the podcast channels. So I have the podcast under there, that entrepreneur show and a mental health break. Thanks, Vincent. Thanks, Vincent. Always good to have you here. Alicia. What was the question? You can find me at alishalyons.com uh, and uh, I'm at mom support corner on social media. Social media. And what is the name of your podcast? Imperfect Momming. Imperfect Better Momming. Parenting Through Self-Healing. And, and make sure you look for her books on amazon.com. Look for Vincent's books on amazon.com. And Brenda? My books are on amazon.com as well. You can find me at Brenda the Solutionist on all social media platforms and uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, I'm there or under Brenda Warren. It's Brenda, the solutionist, that's S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-I-S-T.com. Yeah, yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you again so much for being my guest on, on this edition of Conversations That Make a Difference. And to my audience, make sure, please, that all the conversations that you're having in your life are making a difference in not only yours, but the lives of the people you touch and you speak to. Share your thoughts in writing, write things down. If you need some support in figuring out what to say, 
you can start with a little story. Go to dailygiftbookseries.com, write something on kindness and be part of this, this incredible group of people that I am blessed to have around me who are writing inspirational, life-changing stories so that we all can have permission to do the same. You know, if you have, as I often say, if you have a story and you've come through on the other side, if you've experienced something and you've come through on the other side, I believe it's our obligation to share that story, to give the next person a hand up who might not have it anywhere else. So keep writing, everybody. And until next time, make sure again that the conversations you're having is making a difference. We'll see you next time. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Tune in next time for Conversations That Make a Difference with host Teresa Velarde every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our producer, Rachel, and to our station owner, Deborah Beauvais, working behind the scenes. Be sure to go to conversationsthatmakeadifference.com for your free gift. Make sure your conversations make a difference.